إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا ما بعد Once again, I welcome all of you to continue in this series of Ramadan, Majalis, Shahri Ramadan, with this very important topic, Al-Qur'an, the speech of Allah. In this series of ours, in which we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us beneficial knowledge, that is coupled with righteous actions. We will continue reading from the work of our noble Shaykh Al-Allama Abi Abdullah Muhammad Ibn Salih Al-Uthaymin Rahimahullah Ta'ala from the series that he used to have in Ramadan. The Shaykh in Ramadan used to have series in which he addressed different topics in Ramadan. One of them is this very important topic is Al-Qur'an, the speech of Allah. We will continue by from the 13th series, we will continue reading from Al-Majlis al-Thayyid concerning the etiquettes of reciting the Qur'an. Because we Muslims, alhamdulillah, we do recite the Qur'an. Not just in Ramadan, but it's supposed to be something that we do all time. But we need to learn the etiquettes. In previous sittings, we learned the virtues and the great reward that a person has from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by reading his book, subhanahu wa ta'ala. We continue by the etiquettes. Adab tilawat al-Qur'an. Just to remind you, because yesterday we mentioned so many ayats, alhamdulillah, and we began to uh, read the uh, etiquette that the Sheikh began to mention. What was the first etiquette the Sheikh mentioned? Who remember? Hmm? What is the first etiquette? Hmm? Before you read the Quran, you need to have some adab and things in place, things that you need to keep in mind, on mind. What is the most important thing? Give you a hint. This is something that we, is required before you do any act of force. No? Uh huh. What about the intention? No, no, okay. no. What is the most important condition before you do any act of worship? What is it? Tawheed. Those who says intention, yes, but that's how I was looking for. What intention? Having a good intention. Ali Ikhlas Lillah. 
This is a requ requirement, Yahuan, for every act of worship. Everything you do before you do it. We don't just do things. We don't do things to please others for 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 dunya, for fame, or for praise or no. We do things for Allah. When Allah commands us to do something, we do it to please Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Ikhlas. Forget my glasses, so I'm going to have some struggle reading long this time. I'm going to try. Okay? She made a mistake or something, correct me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank if you don't mind. Now, says, from among the etiquettes of reciting the Quran, is making the intention to recite sincerely for Allah. It's the intention, but it has to be sincerely for Allah, not for other things. For indeed, recitation is from the great acts of worship, reciting the Quran. It's an act of worship. It's not a habit. Yeah, I'm just doing it because other people are doing it. No, you recite the Quran because of the act of worship, so you can get the great reward from Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the intention has to be pure. And the recitation should be sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not you recite because of people like your voice. And now you just want to recite because people, if they're not around, you're not going to recite. Or people recite for money. And like in these customs in some countries, they gather in a gathering, especially in the funerals. And uh, subhanAllah, in some countries, and some, they have this bad custom that the Quran is recited only on funerals. Only when somebody dies. When somebody dies, now they recite Quran. So much so that when they go to somebody else or some another gathering, it's not a nobody died. And then somebody says, Let's recite some Quran, alhamdulillah. Then the Quran. What happened? Somebody died? Somebody died here? What? <laughs> they think the Quran is recited only when somebody dies. This is a big mistake. Quran is 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 the uh, that which Allah Taala is revealed and is a, as a guidance for us, as a cure, is a light. Amen. So the Sheikh he says. Is an act is a great act of worship as we have previously mentioned when talking about its virtues as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in his book invoke Allah making religion pure and sincerely for him so and the similar command is uh, directed to the Prophet as in Surah Az-Zumar Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Prophet worship Allah making religion pure for him alone and so therefore we this command is for us as well 
Allah does not accept any ibadah that is done for somebody else or it is done for him <coughs> and for somebody else. That's shirk. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in Surah Al-Bayyinah وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِثِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَاءَ يعني حنفاء مائلين عن الشرك يعني على التوحيد على عقيدة التوحيد They are not commanded with anything but to worship Allah alone making religion purely and sincerely for Him and being upright and firm upon worshiping Allah alone upon tawheed, Islamic monotheism and the Prophet says, read the Qur'an, seeking with it the face of Allah, before there comes some folks, some people, who will establish it like the establishment of an arrow. They hasten its reward in this world and not the hereafter. This hadith is correct with Imam Muhammad, Imam al-Albani, rahimahullah ta'ala, says his psalm. That's, so that's the first etiquette, al-ikhlas. And this is not just for Qur'an, but for everything we do, anything. You want to give sadaqah, you want to help somebody, you want to assist somebody, do it for Allah. You don't do it for other reasons. Salat, you stand in salat, you stand to perform an act of worship. Fasting, you don't fast to lose weight. You don't fast because everybody fasting. What if everybody don't fast? Now you don't fast too. Now you fast because this is an act of worship. We are commanded to fast, but we do it for the pleasure of Allah, seeking the face of Allah SWT. Likewise, from the etiquettes, min adab, tilawat al-Qur'an, from the etiquettes of reciting the Qur'an, is to recite it with a conscious heart. Now, contemplating its meanings, seeking to comprehend them. And we mentioned this too yesterday. So, uh, Unlike some people, they just recite, but their mind is not here. So much so, you find some people, they're reciting, but they're getting in the business of everybody. They talk into this guy here, this guy, but they're still reciting. Your heart has to be present, your focus on what you're reciting, because this is the book that was revealed for us. And we pay attention to what we we read, we try to understand, we get the, the explanation, the meanings from the from the tafsir of al-salaf and the like. Likewise, from the etiquettes of reciting the Qur'an, having tranquility in the heart and bearing in mind that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing you. Now, this one Allah, this revealed to us. So you're not just reading anything. And amazingly, sometimes you find some Muslims, when they read a book of math, you know, so he's major in math or physics, or language art, or chemistry, whatever. When they read a book of math, they just read it and talking to somebody? Usually if somebody wants to pass the test, and they're reading that book of math, algebra, physics, what they do? Huh? They tell everybody, look man, go away. They go to this room, this place alone, right wrong. And they focus. And with the book of Allah, come here, Nothing, no focus, no focus. The heart has to be present. Tranquility of the heart. For indeed, the Quran is the speech of Allah. And we should give respect to the speech of Allah. Subhanahu 
wa ta'ala. Likewise, from the etiquette of reciting the Quran, is that, Sheikh Ibn said, is that the person should recite it while in a state of ritual purity, upon tahara. By doing this, you are honoring Allah's speech. Likewise, one should not recite the Quran while in a state of major, like janaba. So a person should be on wudu, on tahara, but that's better because you're honoring the speech of Allah. However, if someone is in a state of janaba, which requires ghusl and the like, that person should not read the Quran, or recite the Quran, until after performing the full body wash. If war is available, of course, if it's not, a person cannot use it, of course, a person can make tayammum. If you are unable to use water due to sickness or due to with not being available and the like, then a person can use tayammum. However, the Sheikh says, even in a state of major ritual impurity, one may glorify Allah. You don't recite the Quran, but you still remember Allah and glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the invocations that are even mentioned in the Quran. You see? So remember now, don't mix with these two things, okay? If a person is on janaba, on a major state of, of janaba of impurity, that person does not recite it. He can say, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. He cannot go and say, Qaf, Al-Quran, Al-Majid. Recite Quran. Alif, Lam, Mim, Dalik, Al-Kitab. Can't do that. Until that person remove himself from that major impurity by taking a ghusl, as we mentioned. Okay? By purifying oneself. However, Shaykh Muhammad is giving us a benefit. But he can still make dua even though that dua is an ayah in the Quran. You see? You can still say, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi akhira hasana wa qina That's a dua now, it's an invocation. Rabbi ghfirli wa li walidai. Naam, you can, because that's a dua, you can do that. So that's the Shaykh is talking about in here. He says, even though uh, a person maybe in a state of major ritual impurity still can glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and invoke him with the invocations mentioned in the Quran as long as one's intentions are not to actually recite the Quran. For example, for example, there is this dua, la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni This is an ayah. When a person says it as a dua, he doesn't intend to recite the Quran. So it's okay, he can do that. The translation of that verse from Surah Al-Anbiya, verse 87, none has the right to be worshipped but you alone. Verily, I am among those who wrong themselves. Al-Balimun. Or for example, the, the ayah that we just mentioned to you, which is a dua, رَبَّنَا لَا تُزِقْ قُلُوبَنَا بَعْدَ إِذْ هَدَيْتَنَا وَهَبْ لَنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَةً إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْوَهَابِ O our Lord, do not cause us, cause our heart our hearts to divert from the straight path after you have guided us and give us mercy from you. Verily you are the giver. Surah Al-Imran, verse 8. Also from the etiquettes of reciting the Quran is that one should not recite the Quran in 
filthy areas or in a city where the people will not keep quiet and listen to the recitation. You see? This is Shaykh Al-Adhaymin from the etiquettes of reciting the Qur'an. You don't recite the Qur'an in the bad places, filthy areas, nor in the area where people are talking and they're not listening. Now, by reciting the Qur'an in such a gathering, you are humiliating the Book of Allah. Likewise, one should not recite the Qur'an in the bathroom. You don't go in the bathroom, especially children who are they, uh, I don't know, they have to finish that the task that the teacher gave them and he's in the bathroom and reciting. You don't recite in the bathroom. You know, you don't recite the Book of Allah in the bathroom or places that are made for the sole purpose of defecation and urinating. Okay? This is not befitting for the glorious Quran. Likewise, Shaykh Muhammad Ta'ala, he mentioned from the, among the etiquettes of reciting the Book of Allah, is that one must seek refuge with Allah from the devil when intending to recite. Meaning you say what? In Arabic, what you say before you recite Quran? Huh? Naam? Can somebody say, instead of this, say, Subhanallah wa bihamdi? And then begin to recite Quran? Can somebody say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, and begin to recite Quran? We'll find out. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Nahl, verse 98, When you're about to recite the Quran, you know you want to recite, Alhamdulillah, it's a beautiful thing. Find some time to read the book of Allah. But before you do that, seek refuge. With who? With Allah. Not with the Shaykh Fulan. Al-Waliy al-Fulani. Shirk. Like some ignorant they do. They seek refuge with some creatures. Human being dead. Shirk akbar al-Iyad billah. They seek refuge with Allah. Al-Isti'adha. Is an act of worship. Is an act of worship. It has to be done for Allah and you be sought from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you recite the Quran, seek refuge with Allah from the shaitan, the outcast one. The Shaykh says by, by doing this, the reciter will be safe from the devil's plot. When you say, A'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim The reciter. Look at the benefit now. The one who's about to recite the Quran, he or she, will be saved from the devil's plot which turns him away from reciting the book of his Lord or from completing it. That's why some people, they forget to say that. After one page or not even that, oh, they get all tired, sleepy, and they don't even want to finish. No, say, A'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim But as for the basmala, which is to say Bismillah, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, and that is saying Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, ar-Rahim, if the person starts his recitation from other than the beginning of the chapter, then he should not say the Bismillah. Meaning Bismillah, you say it at the beginning of every chapter, except for what chapter? Tawbah. Surah huh? Tawbah, Surah Bara, and there is no Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Now, 
So the Sheikh says, but if a person is going to recite from the middle of Surah Al-Nisa, for example, huh? or Surah Al-Imran, or he's going to recite from the, the middle or one part of Surah Al-Baqarah, سَيَقُولُ السُّفَهَاءُ مِنَ النَّاسِ مَا وَلَّاهُمْ عَنْ قِبْلَتِهِمُ الَّتِي كَانُوا عَلَيْهَا For example, Sheikh says, no, you don't say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Said, but if he starts his recitation in the beginning of the chapter, then he should begin, begin it with the basmala, meaning saying Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, except when reciting the beginning of Surah At-Tawbah, chapter number 9, because it does not have a basmala in its beginning. And this is because it was difficult upon the companions, Shaykh tell us why. Why there is no Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim? There is Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim before every Surah except Surah Bara'ah. Who knows why? Why there was not Bismillah Do you think they forgot it? Yes, impossible. How oh, they forgot it in one edition? What about the other print edition? And all these years and centuries, nobody ever pay attention. Oh, excuse me, Bismillah is missing in here. Why not? No, this is not the case. So what is the case? Who knows? Naam? It's the part of Surah Al-Fatiha. Now, Sheikh al says, because, Naam, Is it because Surah Al-Naman has two Bismillah al says, because Surah Al-Naman has two Bismillah al-Rahim. So that's why they took one from there and put it there? No. You're right. Surah Al-Naman has Bismillah al-Rahim. وَأَنَّهُ مِنْ Sulaiman. وَإِنَّهُ بِسْمِ الْعَامِ أحسن صفوة um, أنفال and توفا are supposed to be together so if أنفال has one بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم it's combined with توفا okay I'm going to read this if you're right I'll say أحسنت huh? and if you're not I'm still going to say أحسنت okay let me just tell you right now أحسنت بارك الله فيك أحسنتم Barakallahu Now, Shaykh says, because, because what? That there is no Bismillah at the beginning of Surah At-Tawbah. Why? He says, because it was difficult upon the companions to determine whether it is a chapter by itself or whether it was a continuation of Surah Al-Anfal Al-Safwaqsal. So they have separated between them without Basmalah. They separated between them without Basmalah. Okay? Now. And what they have agreed upon is the right decision without doubt. What the Sahaba they agreed upon is the right decision. Because if there was Basmalah in its beginning, it will have been preserved. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guarded or has guaranteed actually to preserve this book. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-Hijr verse number 9. Verily it is we who reveal the book and it is we who will preserve it. We here is not a we of a plural of numbers or many people. No, this is a, the we the of what? Royalty. A royal we. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, we, inna nahnu. But he is one, subhanahu wa ta'ala, with no partners. Sometimes, 
Some people come to me and they come to other people and they, they have Christians in their family or some whatever. They're hey, you blame us for worshiping three. Huh? The Father, the, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Huh? But you guys, we don't know how many you worship. <laughs> At least they say we have only three. Huh? We say only three. But you guys, we. And when you say we, usually how many people? In English, more than one. More than one. That's the, the good answer. More than one. It could be what? Could be two. Could be three. Could be a million, a billion, a trillion, a zillion. Would be many people. They said, "See, you guys uh, talking about us, refuting us. We worship only three guys. See, they affirm shirk, huh? And you guys, we don't even know how many you worship." He said, "Oh, excuse me." This is not the wheel of plural, okay? This is the wheel of royalty. Alright? Now, so this is how you, you answer that. Because some, somebody don't know, it's like, where, where in the Quran? I don't think that's in the Quran. No. Allah never said that. Oh, do we don't know. And then when they go, oh yeah, you don't know your Quran. Come here, here, it's right here. Excuse me. Oh man, you're right. Wow, I, I thought Allah is all over the one. Oh, he's 17 too? He's 49? All this? Wow, you're right. Then they see him in the church on Sunday. Liar. You gotta know and ask the questions. And even if they, look, even if the kofar, they bring you shibuhat and doubts, don't let them get you in a corner. Whatever they bring you, breathe correctly and tell them, hey, what, what, what else you have? If you know the answer, Refute it right there. Smash it on the spot. If you don't know, keep your uh, composure. composure, your dignity, and say, all right, I got you. Anything else you want to tell me? See you tomorrow, right? Give you the answer tomorrow. That's it. Don't like, oh yeah, man, I never look at it that way. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate what? Hey, now. Also from among the etiquettes of reciting the Qur'an, Shaykh Muradimin said, is to beautify one's voice, reciting it in a beautiful melody. Okay? This is based on what is mentioned in Sahih al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim, from the hadith of Abu Huraira, who said that the Prophet said, Allah did not listen to anything more than his listening, to the Prophet who has a beautiful voice, reciting the Book of Allah in a beautiful melody and proclaiming it. Okay? It is also mentioned in Sayyid al-Bukhari Zayah Muslim from the narration of Jubail ibn Mut'im who said, I heard the Prophet of Allah وسلم, reciting Surah At-Tur Wa-Tur wa kitab mastur Naam. I heard the Prophet of Allah وسلم, reciting Surah At-Tur in the Maghrib prayer. I have never heard anyone who has better recitation than him. However, you see now, it's not the beautification and, and the door is left, go ahead, do whatever you want to do. Now nah. you beautify your voice. However, if there are people around him who may be disturbed with his loud voice, such as the one who is praying, the one who is sleeping, 
and those similar to them, in this case he should not raise his voice in a manner that disturbs or harms them. You see? Like for example, you're in the masjid, alhamdulillah, especially in Ramadan. Find a lot of people come to the masjid, which is a good thing, alhamdulillah, may Allah keep us firm upon that. Amen. Protect us from going back after Ramadan to what we used to do before Ramadan. Okay? But now when you come to the masjid, you want to read? Read to yourself. If you're the only one in the masjid, go ahead. Read loud if you want. But once you see somebody come in, and he want to pray, now you lower your voice. Don't disturb. Naam. Sheikh Al-Azimin, even in one of his fatawas, he said it's haram to raise your voice with reciting the Quran around other people who it disturbed them. Somebody, is, somebody he wants to read too, but he can't read because his person, or me, I'm going to use myself, for example, if I'm doing that. Here I am reciting loud. Alif Lam But this person here can even finish one, one, one ayah because whenever he want to focus, man, I, my recitation get him off. Or somebody is praying, he can't even focus. He don't even know, did he recite Fatiha, what rak'ah is, because I'm reciting loud. La. Or somebody is taking a nap. Somebody has a headache, migraine. That's why ikhlas is important, Yahwan. Ikhlas and this etiquette. Of course, a person should not like just beautify his voice around the people. When the people are around, and then when nobody's around, don't even know what he's saying. Can't even articulate. This is the book of Allah, man. Recite. Learn. Learn how to, to pronounce and and the, the, the letters correctly, the makharij al-haroof. And with this etiquette, if you are around others, unless if you are in a circle of now of Quran, halaqat al-Quran, then alhamdulillah the teacher may recite, and he will ask somebody to recite. Then everybody listen to that person. Then he will correct him, na'am, this mid here, this letter here. Then he will say, Tafaddal Yusuf, recite. Yusuf, salam alaykum. Can you recite Surah Al-Fatiha for me? Go ahead. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdu. Today, brother. Before iftar. Allah akbar. That's enough. That's my from Yusuf. Idris. Al-Fatiha. Ta'ala hon. Come close to me. Come, come here, come stand here. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. <laughs> All right, Surat al-Baqarah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Idris. Zakallah. <laughs> Maybe next time, huh? Huh? Next Ramadan, inshallah. Ayyakum Allah. Now. All right, now. Rukasha, come. Recite some of the book of Allah. Okay, try to apply what we just said right now. Tfadda. 
لا خير في كثير من نجواهم إلا من أمر بصدقة أو معروف أو إصلاح بين الناس One thing you didn't do You did one good thing but you forget another good thing What, what is the thing that you, you did You're good you did, What is the thing that you forget And what is the thing that you didn't mention and I hope that you did it on purpose? What is it? Bismillah. Bismillah. Nah. See, by, by this we learn. See, knowledge is to put it to practice. To put it to practice. We don't just come here, me, I'm talking, huh? and you guys just looking at me, and then you go home. No, we put it to practice. You go home too, come here, recite. Uh, oh, you forget what? Oh, this way they get used to say it. It's like you're teaching somebody, you're a plumber, you're teaching somebody to own now, to get you something or to, to do something or to wire something for you. That's electrician, by the way. Plumbers do that too, some plumbers, right? They work with pipes and stuff, okay? But did they forget? Oh, before you put the pipes, you need to do what? Seal it first. And before you seal it, you need to clean it. You can't just seal something with sand on it and dust right around. You have to clean it. And then put a seal on it. Then hook it. Then what? Then go home. It's done. The job is done. <laughs> That's it. Alright? Likewise. You're teaching that person. No. Good. Yes, these two lines have to go together. But before that, we're supposed to do one thing, and we should not do one thing. Allahu Akbar. And they learn like that. Now, Zakam Allah Khair. Okay. So he said, however... If there are people around that person who now he wants to recite with a nice voice, alhamdulillah, who may be disturbed with his loud voice, such as the one who's, who's praying, and uh, the one who is sleeping, and those similar to them, in this case, that person should not raise his voice in a manner that disturbs or harms them. This is because the Prophet once came out to the people and found them praying raising their voices while reciting. So the Prophet said, the one who prays is holding a conversation with his Lord. Therefore, let him see with what does he converse his Lord. And let not some of you raise their voices over the other when reciting the Quran. This is narrated by Imam Malik, collected by Imam Malik in his book, very important book, Al-Muwatta. And uh, Ibn Abdul Bar, one of the great scholars of the past as well, said it is authentic narration. Also in the, in the Salat, this applies, this ruling applies in the Salat as well. Okay? That when you when you are be praying in a jama'ah, in congregation behind the Imam, you don't raise your voice with takbir, with and all that you move your lips you don't just stand there like this now you move you recite in Fatiha Allahu Akbar when you say Allahu Akbar to yourself you move your lips and when you're in Ruku you say Subhan Rabbi Al-Azim you move in your lips because that's the recitation 
Don't just read in your mind, in your heart. Okay? The tongue has to move and the lips as well without making sounds. As sometimes you pray next to certain people, subhanAllah, you think they, they love. Keep in mind sometimes some people, they, Allah, they, have a, they say they have deep voice. But the, the whole point is you don't supposed to make no voices. Just move your tongue and your lips and keep it to yourself now so you don't disturb others. From the etiquette of reciting the Book of Allah is to recite it slowly in a manner that is clear and touching. This is because of the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Recite the Quran in a slow, pleasant tone and style. SubhanAllah. Surah Al-Muzammir. And it's like people like fast. Some people are some tarawih, those people, imma who they don't know, they're not upon the sunnah. All what is mattered to them is to finish the Quran three times in Ramadan. And they think that that imam in that masjid who led the tarawih and finished the Quran two times or three times, mashallah, they, you pray behind that imam, you don't even understand what he's talking about. Is he Chinese? Is he Arabic? Is he French? Italian? Swaningi? Madingo? Somali? What is it? Don't know what this man is saying. Why? They said, no, 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 no. He has to recite like that. Why? Because we have to finish the Quran. No, you don't have to finish the Quran. Don't know. Who told you you have to finish the Quran? Rather, you have to abide with you reading the book of Allah. The book of Allah. The Shaykh Muhammad said, this is because by reciting in it in that manner, it will help you to ponder when you recite it nicely. When you, when you recite, for example, Alif Lamim, Thalika Al-Kitab La Raybati. You're listening to what you're reciting yourself, you're pondering. Is it like, Alif Lamim, you don't even know what you're saying? Is this, is, is this, the two recitations are the same? Of course they're not the same. The, the second one is not the right one. Likewise, we teach our children. And somebody who's teaching the children the Quran is to teach them these etiquettes. Some kids, easy to say, you go to place or something, and there's a kid, mashallah, he's memorized maybe 20 years, the whole Quran. He's reciting next to you, you don't even know what he's reciting. Because they so fast. Because they didn't give them this etiquette. Hey now, you gotta give them the etiquette. He said, why you should recite in a slow, in a pleasant tone and style? Why? <coughs> says, because reciting it in this manner will help you to ponder and, com- and contemplate more on its meanings and give its letters and words their right of articulation as well. But those who Fast, they be eating words, letters. They don't even finish the ayah until they jump on another ayah. That's, that's disrespect to the book of Allah. It is mentioned, Shaykh Muhammad says, it is mentioned in Sahih al-Bukhari from the narration of Anas ibn Malik when he was asked about the recitation of the Prophet he replied, he used to recite deliberately. And then he recited Surah Al-Fatiha to demonstrate to the, to the people how the Prophet ﷺ used to recite. Hey now. 
Ibn Mas'ud said, do not spread it like the spreading of the dust and do not recite it very fast like the way they say a poem. It's not a poem. It's not a poetry. This is the book of Allah. This is the speech of Allah. Stand by its wonders and, and, and shake the hearts with it. Let not your concern based on completing the entire Quran. This is the statement of a noble companion, Abdullah If you're reciting by yourself and you recite Jannah, Ayatuna Jannah, how you can, why can't you pause and ask Allah for Jannah? Huh? If you ask, going through the Ayats of Jahannam, you're just going to keep going? No, you stop and ask Allah protection in Jahannam. You, you're asking, you, you went with some ayat that have some orders that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala command us to do this and this and this. Stop and say, hey, all this command is just read right now. Where am I from this command? Am I performing these commands or not? That's like, uh, I finished Quran. But he's still upon, I don't know what. And so many commands in the Quran that that person recited. Now, this is why we recite the Quran. So that we can check ourselves. And correct our mistakes. And hey, we're human. We got mistakes. We got shortcomings. We got issues. Nobody can claim Lord. I don't know what the Bible is talking about. I'm, I'm clean. Yeah. So the Quran, when you read with this uh, contemplation and when you ponder upon it, Alhamdulillah, there is a lot of khair. Sheikh Razimi says there is nothing wrong with reciting it fast as long as it does not affect the wordings. Now, if somebody can recite fast, but as long as it doesn't affect its wordings, lead to dropping out of some letters or merging together letters that are not supposed to be merged. If it leads to violation of, of, of its wordings, then it is impermissible because this changes the meanings of the Quran. Now, if somebody good have the whole commands of the Lugha and also the Quran, and he choose to go fast, because some of the reciters, they very slow. Some, they a little bit fast. But as long as they do not change the meanings and the like. Now, also from the, amongst the etiquettes of reciting the Quran is to prostrate upon reciting verses of prostration as long as a person is upon ritual purity. If you're upon Tahara, Regardless of whether the verse is recited during the day or night, one should say the takbir, the, the edicts of the prostration of, of recitation. So one should say the takbir, meaning say Allahu Akbar, before he prostrate. And then say, glorified is my Lord the Most High. Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. Then one should invoke Allah. Make dua. And then raise his head up without saying the takbir and without concluding with the salams. Don't say salam alaykum. See, there's the etiquette, alhamdulillah, that we need to know. Shaykh Muratimi said that is because the Prophet only declared the taslim and the takbir upon raising up from prostration when he was in the prayer, in the salat. As it is narrated in the hadith of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. That he used to say the takbir whenever he rose up and went down in his <coughs> prayer. Correct being a Muslim. Also, and we conclude with this, alhamdulillah. Also, Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu said, I saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa saying the takbir 
in every rising and falling and every standing and sitting in Salat. This Nabi Imam Ahmad and Al-Nasahi and Al-Tirmidhi graded it to be authentic. The Shaykh Muratimi said this includes the prostration while praying along with the prostration of recitation outside the prayers includes. I mean, when a person is reciting the Book of Allah, person is sitting, then you get to a prostration, person put the mushaf on the side in a nice narrow floor, and they say Allahu Akbar. Subhan Rabbi Al-A'la, Subhan Rabbi Al-A'la, Subhan Rabbi Al-A'la, and then ask Allah what you want, and then when you raise up, you don't say Allahu Akbar. Just go back to your recitation. Aina. Shaykh Rahimini says, there are some of the etiquettes of recitation, therefore, discipline yourselves, he says, with them. Discipline yourselves with them, preserve them, and seek with it Allah's bounty, subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah have mercy on our Shaykh, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymin, rahimahullah, and also on our Mashaykh of Ahl al-Sunnah, our Jama'ah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to continue to benefit from their work. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us beneficial knowledge and righteous actions. وصلى الله وسلم على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا. tomorrow إن شاء الله same time eight o'clock we're gonna talk about the the virtues and the importance of the last ten days of of Ramadan and some other etiquettes that are related to that إن شاء الله تعالى. so be on time إن شاء الله بارك الله